we will all receive exactly what is in our hearts, and not just here and now, but more importantly, in eternity, whether good or evil. That is why the intent of the heart should be the most important thing to us, because that is what we will be judged on. That is what God sees. God is mostly interested in the why we do things rather than on the what. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Today we'll be talking about the intentions of our heart. God's main focus is not necessarily what we do, but rather why we do things. And this is something that is deep within man's heart. God looks at the heart, and we need to remember that nothing is hidden from Him. All things are open and clear to Him. That is why our greatest concern should be to get things right within us. Jesus Christ came so that our hearts can be changed and transformed into what they need to be so that we can truly enter the kingdom of God. Today's message is inspired in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. Let us go to the Lord in prayer together. Blessed Lord, Heavenly Father, Mighty God, I praise you and I worship you, O Lord, because you are good, because of your mercy, because of your grace, because of your love. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Holy Lord, that you please forgive my sins, that you always please remember us in your mercy and in your grace, O Lord, because that is what we depend on the most. I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, that you help us, O Lord, to have right hearts before you. Help us, O Lord, to think about the why we do things, the intentions of our hearts. Help us, O Lord, in the name of Jesus, to be able to love you and follow you in spirit and in truth, Lord God. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, O God, that your word may be able to speak to us. Help us to have open minds and hearts, Lord God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We'll be reading today from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. This is the word of the Lord. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Joseph was truly a special person. Very rarely does the word of God make reference to a person being a just person. What does that mean? Does it mean that he was perfect? No. It's impossible for any human being outside of Jesus Christ to be perfect. 
Yet when God said that a person is a just person in the Bible, it meant that it was a person that truly followed and feared God and not only in his public life reflected it, but even more importantly, in the privacy of his or her own life. Within their heart and their hidden actions, they were loving and fearing God and doing those things that truly please God. Joseph was a just man. How can we see that in this passage? Well, Joseph, for instance, was betrothed or engaged to Mary, and yet there had been no sexual intimacy between them. Joseph respected Mary, and of course, by keeping his relationship pure with her, he was also respecting God. What makes him a just person wasn't the fact of being sexually pure, but rather the why he was doing it. He was looking to please God through that. And this represents the fulfillment of the first commandment, where God said in Deuteronomy chapter 6, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Joseph loved the Lord. The reason for why he did things was because he loved the Lord. His faith was genuine through and through. Now, why is this important to us? Because we need to do the same. This is one thing that we must always remember, that Jesus Christ came to fulfill the law and the prophets, both within his own person and through us. This is what the Lord himself said. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. We cannot fulfill the law on our own. That's why Christ came. God, through Jesus Christ, made the way so that we could be saved. But just as important to us, so that the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our lives could be possible. When we come to faith in Jesus Christ, by repenting and converting from all of our sins, and acknowledging and accepting Jesus as the literal Lord of our lives, the Holy Spirit comes to live in our hearts. And through that indwelling is that the transformation should begin in us, where love for God is born, where our intentions change. The Bible teaches us this reality, and this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. God loved us first, and this love should compel us to love him. When we start to acknowledge what he has done for us, all out of grace, not because he is obligated to do anything for us. That is why the main fruit of the spirit that we should have in our lives is love, and that love should be focused on the Lord. When Christ comes into our lives, and as we get into the Word of God, the Holy Spirit starts opening our eyes to a certain reality, to understand everything that we owe the Lord. We owe God an infinite amount of things. It is hard to enumerate all of the things we owe Him, and at every moment. And if we understand that, then there should be gratitude. One of the integral things to love is gratefulness, gratitude towards the Lord. Now, there is one moment, for instance, when Paul had prayed earnestly for healing because he had something in his health that was bothering him beyond measure, something that was very limiting. And we read this about this instant in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. 
For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, what does my grace is sufficient for you mean? God is reminding Paul of the fact that he is saved by grace, that he has been given something that far exceeds his condition and that he should be grateful for that to the point that this gratitude, this love he should feel for the Lord should exceed this physical problem he has. Does God want us to suffer? Not necessarily. But he also allows for certain things to happen so that we cling on to him even more, so that we acknowledge that we need him and that we can do nothing without him. That's where our greatest strength should come from. Our love for the Lord should compel us to go above and beyond any circumstance, any condition, any hardship we could ever face. Our love for the Lord should produce in us obedience to follow the Lord and to do whatever he requires of us, no matter what the cost is. And here we come back to Joseph. Despite the conflicting issue he was facing with being involved with a pregnant woman he had no sexual relations with, he understood the dream. He accepted the fact that it was God speaking to him and he obeyed. He did everything that was completely contrary to what he would have done under the circumstances and became part of the work of God. This is one of the main takeaways we should glean from this passage. When we love God, when our intentions are true and loving towards the Lord, that is when God involves us with his work, with his purpose. That is when God manifests himself in our lives. This is when we start to experience God firsthand in our lives. And through that experience is that our faith starts to grow and strengthen. These are the practical reasons for why there needs to be complete and absolute repentance and conversion from all sins. And why Jesus Christ needs to become our literal and effective Lord so that we can experience God's will in our lives. So we can live out his purposes and be a part of his work. This is what ultimately changes the intention of our heart from being sinful and evil to being truly good and sensitive to the Lord. Now, why is this important? Well, Jeremiah chapter 17 tells us this, I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. In the end, we will all receive exactly what is in our hearts, and not just here and now, but more importantly, in eternity, whether good or evil. That is why the intent of the heart should be the most important thing to us, because that is what we will be judged on. That is what God sees. God is mostly interested in the why we do things rather than on the what. Our hearts must be like the Lord's heart if we want to be saved, if we want to attain the eternal life God offers through Jesus Christ. Ultimately, if we want to live forever. This is, for instance, the testimony that God himself gave of David when he said this about David. And afterward, they asked for a king. So God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin for 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will. From this man's seed, according to the promise, God raised up for Israel a savior, Jesus. David formed part of the work of the Lord because David was a man after God's own heart. See how important it is to get the intention right? We must love the Lord. The intention of our heart must be for the Lord and nothing else. This is something we must learn through our walk with the Lord. This is ultimately how true salvation is attained. 
There is no other way. It's not just about believing in Christ. It is about loving the Lord above all things, about the Lord becoming the reason for our existence. It's about everything else becoming a distant second, especially our own desires, wants, and needs. This is what the Lord said about that reality it needs to happen in our lives and how we can see that the why far outweighs the what we can do. In Matthew chapter 7, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. We will do the Father's will when we learn to love the Lord above everything else and with everything that we are. That's the only way that his will is truly accomplished in our lives. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. What does this teach us? That people can do incredible things, things that seem good, but yet that their hearts can be very far away from the Lord because their intentions are all wrong. This is one of the greatest challenges we face today, that there are folks that confess Christ with their mouths, but their hearts are far away. The intention is not right in their heart. In Isaiah chapter 29, it says, Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. The main thing we need to get right before the Lord is our heart, our intention, the reason for why we do things. With anything we do, the reason should always be because we love the Lord. God is after our heart. If we love our family, Christ should be the reason. If we pursue a career or try to do a good job, the reason should be because we are convinced that it is God's will for our lives. If we do good to people, the reason should be because we love the Lord. Our reason, our focus, our all should be the Lord because we want to please Him. Therein lies true love. When we look to return to the Lord, the great love He has shown us, it is ultimately learning how to be fair with Him. This is why what we have in Christ is not a religion. It's not about traditions or rituals or rules and or a list of do's and don'ts. There is no life in religion. Religion is a lifeless practice without any kind of love. What we should have with Christ is a relationship, a communion based on love, on extreme gratefulness, being genuinely thankful for the unmerited love we have received through God, through Jesus Christ. This grace we have received from the Lord should compel us to do what we were made to do, to love God above all things and to accomplish His will, His purpose for our lives, to ultimately perform good works for the right reasons, with the right intentions. For it is written, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, 
which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Doing God's will can be challenging, especially because it goes against our very nature, the sin that is still within us. But if the intention of our heart is to love God through Jesus Christ, then we can even overcome our worst enemy, ourselves. The devil can tempt us. The world can bring about various challenges. But the decision, the choice to whether love God or give in to sin lays within us. And when we have the Holy Spirit within our lives, we have everything that we need and even more to conquer the weaknesses of our flesh and gain the determination to remain, to abide in His love. This is why it is in our own best interest to get the intention of our heart right so we can ultimately attain all of the things God has prepared for those that love Him. Like Joseph, we will experience firsthand the personal revelation of God in our lives if we become righteous people by loving the Lord above all things and looking to do the Father's will in our lives. God is mainly after the heart of man. Nothing else really matters to the Lord. If a person's heart is not right with the Lord, then they will never get to what God made them for. They will never do what God created them for. Things will always be unfinished. A person will always be incomplete if they never come to love the Lord. Nothing will ever make true sense to them. Things will be just like the preacher said in the book of Ecclesiastes. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What is vanity? Superficiality, temporary. Nothing of value will ever be built in a person's life. When the intent to love God is not in a person's heart, they will always be focused on the things that really possess no true eternal value. This world and everything in it, all its pleasures, even our very flesh, is all passing. And when we don't do things with the intention to love God, then everything that we do will be all for nothing. It will not count for anything. Loving God is how we invest and or sow in the spiritual world. This is the only thing that can produce eternal life in the person through Jesus Christ. For it says in Galatians, do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. We cannot fool God. We can fool everyone else, even ourselves, but we cannot put anything over the Lord. The intent of the heart is what determines whether we are sowing to the flesh or sowing to the Spirit. And the intent of the heart is what will help us keep strong through the years, through any and every circumstance and or challenge we could ever face, so that we can continue doing good, so that we do not lose heart. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. And it is also written in Hebrews, it says, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, 
and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. When we love the Lord, we will consider all of the things he has done for us and who he is and that we will be with him forever. That is why the Holy Spirit's intention is to change the heart of man from being sinful to being renewed and transformed to becoming a new creation through Jesus Christ, through the washing of the Word of God, so that we can be found before God through Jesus Christ as being just and righteous people. When loving the Lord is the intention of our heart, then and only then will we be able to attain eternal life and eternal reward through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, Lord, I can't thank you enough for the opportunity that you give us. Thank you, O Lord, that our sins can be forgiven. Thank you, O Lord, Heavenly Father, that our lives could be changed and transformed and made new through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you've given us your Holy Spirit and your word to continue working in us, Lord God. Heavenly Father, help us, O Lord, to understand that we can't play games, that we can't pretend to be what we're not. Help us to be what you want us to be, what you desire for us to be. The reason for why your son, Jesus Christ, died on the cross is that so that we can be changed and transformed and be made new people, Lord God the work of the Holy Spirit so that we can ultimately learn how to love you above all things. Help us, O Lord, to just be fair to you, Lord God, because you have loved us so much. You have given us so much, Lord God. Help us to understand that we need to live for you, that we need to love you, Lord God, that you need to be the reason, Lord God, for our lives, and that everything that we do is because we just keep you in mind and because we do things like we do things unto you. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks because you desire us so much. You desire to be so close to us, Lord God. Help us to understand and to believe with all of our hearts who you are, what you are, and what you have done for us. Blessed be your name forever and ever, O Lord God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.